Evidence and Answers with your host, Dr. Pat Zucharin. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. So many times, Pat is the one behind the microphone interviewing noted Christian scholars and apologists from across the nation. However, on today's edition of Evidence and Answers, Pat has the opportunity to be the guest on nationally broadcasted radio ministry, Point of View. Point of View is hosted by Kirby Anderson of Probe Ministries. The topic was abusive churches. You will hear questions and answers taken from live phone-in calls relating to this specific topic. So now here is the conclusion to the interview that Kirby had with Pat on abuse of churches. Continue our conversation today with Pat Zucker and again with the Bible Institute of Hawaii, uh, co-author of the book, The Apologetics of Jesus, talking about abusive churches. And let's take some phone calls, 1-800-351-1212. We'll give you some more characteristics of those churches in just a minute. But let's take a call and see what uh, story you might have. We'll go to Francisco in California. You're on with Pat Zucker. Uh, yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate that very much. I've never heard a uh, program like this talking about the various aspects of abusive churches, you know, the degrees, which uh, I was really happy to hear about that. What happened was a, a prayer leader was talking to my wife on the phone, and she happened to have it on uh, speakerphone, and I heard he wasn't very nice, not at all. So I went to him and I told him to apologize to my wife for doing that. And then he says, she needs to apologize to me. And then he says he got permission from both pastors to do that, basically. That's what he said. So I went to one pastor, and basically uh, he really didn't respond very well, but he went to that person and basically came back to me and said, oh, that person will talk to you. I wanted to go to the board, so I said, I want to go to the board. I called a senior pastor said, I want to take this to the board. He, said, he was nice at first, but then uh, when I called him on one occasion and I was trying to tell him what the guy did, he, he, he goes like this, no, 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 you know, like that, and wouldn't let me talk. I wasn't being mean or anything. So then uh, he called me up later and said, oh, you know, we're, I'm, just, I'm just feeling so much for you and your wife. Uh, I really want to see you. He was so touched and so concerned that, you know, and, that, and all this. He wanted to see us in his office, and that didn't work out. But then finally, my wife and I went down to a meeting with him, and I thought the board was going to be there. And I said, well, where's the board? And they said, well, they weren't there. So we got in his office, and his wife was there, and the two people that were in the prayer ministry, the man and his wife, my wife was there. Basically... I started to tell him what uh, happened, and he basically almost jumped over the desk, you know, uh, put me down and telling me this and telling me that, and basically he shut me up. Yeah. So then he took the side of the, the prayer minister, you know, uh, because the prayer minister apologized and all that kind of stuff and, and said, he, well, you know, he, he would step down and blah, 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 and this and that. And basically, my wife tried to talk, and he he basically hindered her talk, too, and he was like a bully. And so what happened was, after that, I wrote him a letter telling him that you bullied us, you didn't, you, because we wanted to just talk to the people without the pastor and his wife there. We just wanted to talk to the people about it, you know, like, you know, the Bible tells us to go to those people, and he wouldn't allow us to do that. Yeah, Matthew basically, 18. he ran the whole thing and, and, and got the guy off the hook and everything, and he 
took their side, and, and it, it was not nice. And it made my wife feel very bad. And, and I'm happy about how my wife is. She says at the end, told him, he comes over there and started laughing because she goes, you mistreated me. And he goes, oh, you know, he thought it was funny or something. And, you know, he can't, I wrote him a letter and I told him about, you know, if you, if you're, if you think your brother has odd against you, you better go to them. You know, that scripture that says that. Sure. Let me, let me, let me give uh, Pat just a chance to respond real quickly because we're going on a little bit longer, but uh, Pat, you've heard stories like that all the time, haven't you? Yes. Unfortunately, you know, too many. And, you know, a lot of leaders think they're, you know, uh, beyond approach or, uh, often it's very difficult for authoritarian leaders to accept responsibility for uh, any shortcomings and to you know confess or apologize or anything. You can't expect that really from uh, an authoritarian kind of leaders. He takes it very personally, and, and it's an ego kind of thing. And so it's very difficult to have conversations uh, with that kind of leader, as our caller is expressing here, and, and rarely do they end well. Well, and again, that, I, you also got the the sense in which closing ranks and not allowing and bringing other people in and, and uh, really not kind of following kind of the basic biblical principles there in Matthew 18. Uh, just before I take another phone call, I want to at least put another couple of things on our list because we've given quite a few already in terms of leadership and manipulation. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the legalism. How about another one? It seems to me that most of these abusive churches they denounce other churches and other Christians and other Christian organizations. And there's sort of there's an implication that there we're the only ones true to the biblical faith. Have you found that? Yes, there's a spiritual elitism there. And as you mentioned, uh, there's a denunciation of others. And often you'll you know, hear the phrase, we're the only one that really teaches the Bible, or we're the only ones that really call for commitment in Christ. Often they will not associate with other churches. You know, you won't see them at things like the Billy Graham Crusade. Uh, often they refer to themselves as some kind of special group, you know, God's Green Berets or the Faithful Remnant or something like that. So there's a, uh, a spiritual elitism mentality in these kinds of churches. While you're talking about elitism, there's also that idea that if indeed they're the elite, they also sometimes even um, encourage or certainly feed on persecution. In other words, if there are others that are critical of them or point out some of their flaws, Francisco kind of gave us an illustration there just a minute ago, and we'll take some more calls in a minute, that uh, that actually sort of feeds that elitist mentality because we're standing strong on God's Word, because we're the only ones that are true. That's why other people are saying critical things about us, right? Right, you know, and, and due to the elitism mentality and many of the controlling manipulative methods that they use, they get criticized, and they expect that kind of criticism, and they call it persecution, and they actually feed on it, and they associate their persecution with the early persecution uh, of the church, you know, but it's different from the persecution that we get for faith in Christ. Abusive churches are criticized for their methods and, and their elitist mentality, while Jesus and his apostles were criticized for preaching the truth of the gospel. And often with in abusive churches, you may even bring up scriptures and other passages like that, and even that, they'll say, hey, that's persecution, persecution. <laughs> you know, and it's hard to compare that with the uh, beatings you know, and the crucifixions that the apostles faced. Yeah, well, talking with Dr. Pat Zuckerin and about uh, this issue of abusive churches. Uh, let me put one more on the table, and we'll take another phone call. 
Um, something that I learned from your article I'd really never thought about, that uh, another maybe warning sign in addition to seeing manipulation or seeing a pastor who is stands above contradiction, doesn't have accountability, maybe even some of the legalistic lifestyle. Another aspect is if you see that that particular church or organization changes its names on a regular basis. I'd never really thought about that, but if indeed they're being criticized by the media or by other Christians, sometimes they change their names, don't they? Yes, you know, often they receive a lot of attention because of the members that are coming out that speak out against the organization. Sometimes they receive a lot of unwanted press. And so, you know, there's a particular organization we're studying in California. They changed their name about five times in seven years because of the press that they were receiving. And they were a large movement on the university campus, uh, one of the largest ones. But because uh, they were receiving so much criticism there on the university campus, uh, it seemed like yearly they were just changing their campus ministry name. And uh, there's something there to be said about when an organization uh, changes their name, even in business. You know, there's an organization constantly changing its names. Uh, red flags ought to be flying up. I would think so. Let's take our next call from Texas, and you can rena- remain anonymous, and this caller would like to do so. You're on with Pat Zuckerin. Yes, hello, sir. Uh, my heart is still heavy. I'm a Christian. I've been running for the Lord all my life. And uh, God is number one in my life. Well, it's hurt me to my heart. I had gone to visit a church. Well, I was told about this particular church. I went there. They were telling me the pastors sound like Pastor Stanley. And Nielsen say, you know, I got there and I did some volunteer work. And uh, it hurt me to my heart. This Christian guy, was a, he, he professed to be a Christian. He had taken me over to some more Christian people's houses. And Nielsen say, when I got there, my spirit was grieved. I shouldn't have never gone in, but I went in. And they were looking at, uh, the lady was looking at porn. So Nielsen say, I heard in well. So, you know, I tried to go to the pastor and tried to tell him what was going on. And needless to say, they called the police on me. And there I was just trying to do the right thing. And what really tore me apart was the guy that they're looking up to. He knows, you know, like people are thinking their kids are going there, you know, to learn about the law. And you and you all just talked on that a few minutes ago. And... Uh, Anyway, what topped it all, I tried to tell him how whoever this guy is, he knows that the people's kids are having sex in the church. A good illustration of an individual trying to raise some questions and uh, calls the police on her. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Pat Zuckerin. And if uh, some of this sounds familiar, first of all, we have posted his article on our website, but we also encourage you to go to his website, and we'll talk more about uh, some of the resources you might want to obtain. We'll talk about that right after this. Now, back to Point of View, your listener-supported source for truth. Pat Zuckerman with us for a few more minutes. Let me again mention some of his books, The Apologetics of Jesus. I certainly commend that to any of you that would like to know a little bit more about how Jesus uh, really led people to him and how he used apologetics in his own ministry, co-authored with Norm Geisler. And a very good book that I would recommend to give to your non-Christian friends, a book by Pat Zuckerman called Unless I See, the 
evidence for the Christian faith. It's very compelling, and oftentimes people say, well, do you have a book that you might want to hand to a non-Christian friend? This book is really intended in that regard, and you can find out a lot more at his website, evidenceandanswers.org. Talking at the moment about abusive churches, simply because it's a topic rarely addressed on Christian radio, and yet it needs to be so. And the last caller, Pat, I think brings us to one of the other characteristics of an abusive church. Oftentimes, they tend to target young people. Now, there's nothing wrong with targeting young people because, after all, we want to grow youth ministries and we want to have fun and games. But uh, hearing her story tells me that uh, there was a lot more happening in some of these venues where the young people were gathering. And it certainly was something that should have concerned the church leadership, but instead they either turned a blind eye to it or didn't appreciate the uh, report. But this targeting of youth is something we see in some of these abusive churches. Yes, you know, uh, young people are very idealistic, and some who are really committed to Christ really want to make a difference for Christ in the world. They're looking for committed people, and some of these churches seem to be more committed there. And so they're kind of drawn to that kind of commitment and like-minded people with them. Also, you know, we got to rise in dysfunctional families. And so often these leaders become like mothers and fathers to these young people. You know, in this one particular group that I did my master's thesis on, I mean, you met with your spiritual discipler every day, you know, and you were uh, confessing intimate things to them. They literally became your parents. And one of the things in abusive churches Part of the manipulation process is to get the follower completely dependent upon the leader. And so those are some of the tactics that are used. That's why young people are much more susceptible than uh, those who are older. What would you say as we come to the conclusion here? I wish we had time for more calls, but this is probably enough to set the stage. Um, What about people right now that are sitting here saying, I think I might be in one of those abusive churches. You know, you were going down this checklist. I'm going, yes, 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 yes. Hmm. I hadn't really thought about this. Um, What about that? What do you recommend to individuals that find themselves in abusive church? Well, you know, a lot of people that find themselves in abusive church situations, their first reaction is to try and change and correct the situation. And that's a very noble uh, motivation, but it's very difficult, if not almost impossible, to do because you got a leader that uh, is going to take it very personally and is not going to listen to any kind of correction uh, to his uh, ministry or methods. Uh, you got a leadership that's simply going to pretty much back him up, so it's a very difficult situation. A second response is to tell the people in the church what's going on and how you've been treated, but you know it rarely ends well. People are often labeled hard-hearted or unspiritual or carnal or troublemakers or whatever it may be. So the best thing to do is, you know, in a loving way, you know, talk to the pastor, you know, pray about it, and try to leave on the best terms you can possible. But in these kind of churches, it's almost impossible to leave on good terms because uh, the pastor's sense of worth is usually based on his ability to control and uh, exert uh, his power over the congregation. So when someone leaves, it's you know considered an affront to his leadership. So expect that. Expect a very difficult exit process. But that's probably the best thing to do. Uh, but when it's a very difficult exit process, and when ex-members leave, they're often isolated. You know, their uh, entire life was centered around that church or that organization. Often they are labeled as the troublemakers. 
they are shunned and denounced by the church. Many times they are harassed. You know, notes are left on the door or phone calls are made or things like that. But uh, it's something you need to prepare and be ready for uh, when you make your exit. And, you know, you need to go through the recovery process. Don't isolate yourself. Go through the grieving process. It's like, you know, losing a friend or a loved one. Uh, but let God uh, be your shield. And, you know, you're going to need some time for restoration emotionally, physically, intellectually, and spiritually. I might just mention that in addition to the article we've posted there that will take you to your article on abusive churches, you have some related ones about uh, maybe finding healing uh, because you might be dealing with that as well. And so you've got some sections here on abusive churches, leaving them behind and some other issues. So certainly there's quite a bit that uh, people can find if they begin to do a search. And of course, you would welcome people to contact you at Evidence and Answers, wouldn't you? Yes, you know, and Kirby, there are times when I have wondered if I should not go back to school and get a graduate degree in counseling <laughs> or psychology. I, I mean, there are, uh, there, as you, you know, you saw today, there are a lot of people who have suffered some form of spiritual abuse. And so it's quite prevalent uh, in, you know, not only in the cults arena, but also in the Christian community, unfortunately. Well, let me encourage you to contact uh, Pat Zuckern if you'd like to do so. But just before we wind down today, let's talk about, again, this upcoming conference. I recognize very few of our listeners, if any, will be able to go to Hawaii to attend it. But the good news is, is that uh, you have made available to the listeners, if they go to your website, evidenceandanswers.org, some of the previous messages, as well as interviews with some of those people on your radio program. So if you wanted to know more about uh, apologetics, how to defend the faith, you want to know more about science, if you wanted to know more about uh, the Christian heritage of America, which is really pretty much the topic uh, this weekend, and also the need for Christians to be involved, those can be found as well at your website, evidenceandanswers.org, can't they? Yes. You know, and Kirby, uh, there are um, a lot of great... Uh, Speakers out there, you know, Lee Strobel, my mentor, Norm Geisler, Ravi Zacharias, and others who say, you know, they have the best apologetics conference, (laughs) but they're wrong. (laughs) The best apologetics conference, of course, is ours in Hawaii. I mean, you just can't beat the great teaching and the beach, you know, and Hawaii, hey, you just can't beat that. But it's going to be a great conference. Uh, Can America be good without God? We're going to cover topics like the rise and fall of nations. One Nation Under God, America's Very Little Known Christian Heritage, which has been wiped out of our uh, history books there in the high schools, Uh, America at the Crossroads, Government and Civic Duty, The Country That God Will Bless, and a host of others. Uh, You'll be there, Dr. Richard Land and others. It's just going to be a great conference. And if you can come, great. If not, yeah, we'll have CDs, and uh, uh, the audio is available on my website of not only this conference, but all our conferences in the past featuring some of the top Christian scholars from all over the world. Looking forward to it. And of course, you've got me on radio. You've got me on television another day. We've got, I'm speaking to a couple of different churches as well as the conference itself. So lots uh, to keep us all busy. And uh, Pat, it's always great to work with you and look forward to seeing you probably tomorrow. Yes, we look forward to seeing you here in Hawaii. All right. That's all we have for today. And if you uh, found yourself saying, I'd like some more information, uh, first hour, of course, we had Scott Taransky. That is a book that I would certainly recommend to you. And so, again, motivate your child. If you are in the second hour thinking, I might actually be in an abusive church, or maybe I, you know somebody who you think might be, 
We have some of those resources, and they are available on our website, pointofview.net, and those will link you to the other websites that we've been talking about, the National Center for Biblical Parenting, of course, Evidence and Answers, and so all of it available at our website, pointofview.net. My viewpoint section today deals with some of the economic policies being put forward by the President on the State of the Union Address. We have your Take Action section to uh, deal with the issue of border security, and we have a couple of videos that we always encourage you to watch then to maybe pass on to your friends, neighbors, co-workers, post it on your Facebook page. And so there are all, all sorts of resources. So take the time to visit the website, pointofview.net. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. This concludes Kirby Anderson's interview with our host, Dr. Pat Zucran, on abusive churches. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. Log on to our website at evidenceandanswers.org. We have a wide variety of resources available for you. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, click on the Donate button on the side of our homepage. Join us again next time on the air or online for more Evidence and Answers.